Welcome to the T5 Life Show. This is your host, Coleco Lubawanan, also known as TE5 Pharaoh. I am the owner and CEO of TE5 Gaming and TE5 Real Estate Group. Our mission here is to give you the know-hows in the gaming and the esports space, as well as the real estate and business space, and share my life along the way. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. What is going on, guys? This is T5 Pharaoh here with a new episode of the T5 Life Show. And today I want to share three very simple but very important things that you need to know and do if you wish to build and maintain a successful online competitive gaming team, okay? Uh, it's been a while since I've kind of talked about the real practicalities behind, uh, you know, how to how to structure your organization or how to build your team. But I just want to share three very simple things, guys, uh, just to kind of really reiterate some of these things and why they're so important. So the first one, the first one is recruit, 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 recruit constantly. Okay, what do I mean by when I say recruit? I mean, you know, you for one, you don't have a team unless you have players, right? You know, you got to have players to play. And the reason you want to constantly recruit guys is because, you know, players come and go all the time. Okay, you, a lot of times you'll meet somebody who's interested in joining your team. You know, for whatever reason, maybe they played on a previous competitive team or maybe, you know, they never played competitive, but they've got the, ju- the the competitive juices flowing within them, so to say, where they just have this desire to play. Whatever the case is, people will join your team for a multitude of different reasons. Maybe they'll just join your team because they think you're the best. I don't know. But... Um, the thing is, guys, people come and go. A lot of times folks have life things that pop up, which causes them to veer away from gaming for a certain period of time. And even some folks just completely go missing an action on you from time to time. Trust me, it happens all the time. And, you know, you're going to have a lot of players that don't work out, guys. And, and, and statistically, just from my experience, I mean, I'll, I'll just be upfront with you. I'd say out of at least out of every 10 players you recruit, you'd be really lucky to keep 30 to 40% of that. And what so basically what I'm telling you is like for every 10 players, you might, if you're lucky, okay, and I'm being kind of conservative with this, if you're lucky, you might be able to retain three or four of those. It's very solid players, okay? And the chances that even out of those three or four, probably only one of them is actually going to be a long-term player for you. Because sometimes, guys, even players that, you know, you do recruit and maybe they're active and they're playing with your team for, you know, a couple weeks, a month or two, then they kind of start to fade away. You know, you have some guys that you recruit instantly and they basically don't show up at maybe one time for anything, you know, but then you got some guys that kind of, you know, they're there for a little bit, but then they slowly fade away, you know, and then your very few guys are the ones that actually stick with you the whole through, you know, the whole way through. They're completely dedicated members and players. And those those are the type of people that you obviously want to have in your team, in your organization, in order to grow and, and sustain uh, over a long period of time, which is ultimately should be your goal as a competitive team owner is you don't want a team that just lasts for you know six months and that's it. You know, you're looking to build a dynasty, a, a sustainable organization that can build a brand and a name over time. Okay. But that means you have to always be recruiting. Okay. So everything from your branding to building your brand to, you know, mark, you know, marketing yourselves on social media. Okay. All the content you produce, 
you know, at some point within all that, there has to be some call to actions. There's got to be some some drivers to try to drive some traffic towards your your competitive team um, to help you guys not only uh, you know get more attention in your communities that you're in, okay, and in the gaming space at large. Um, but to also be able to attract new players to your organization. So um, you always want to be recruiting. And guys, and, and just to add on to this, even if you already have, a, let's just say you're competing in Call of Duty, even if you already have a, a five to seven man roster, say you got a starting five and two subs, you still should not stop recruiting because at the end of the day, it's very, very likely statistically that one of those seven or one of those five or maybe two or more or at some point or going, something's going to happen and they're going to have to leave or they're going to have to, they're going to, they're going to leave you for another team or they're just going to go MIA because of life situations and circumstances. You've got to account for those things. So you want to build your rosters deep. You want to build out that bench guys have a big bench. Cause you know what, even if you have way more players than you can field on one team, just start another team. It's that simple. You know, there's not there's definitely no rule saying, you know, you can't have two, three, four, five different Call of Duty teams playing in other leagues and tournaments and all that stuff, getting to compete, guys. It's very, very possible. It's what TE5's in the process of building ourselves right now, building out our Call of Duty competitive division. But you can take this same approach to any game you want to compete in, Fortnite, Apex. Uh, Rainbow Six, uh, I mean, Madden 2K, the list goes on and on and on, guys. So um, recruit constantly. That's the first one. Number two, okay, number two, maintain a good team culture, guys. I, I really, really, really can't restate this enough. How do you, for one, what is good team culture? Let's identify that. And then number two, how do you actually maintain it? So, guys, you know, one of the biggest pitfalls, and usually this is the destruction of all competitive teams that I've seen over the years, and, and why I would argue and say literally 95 to 98% of all competitive teams end up, you know, imploding within probably within the first six to 12 months of existence. I'm very confident in saying that based off my experiences because of bad team culture, okay? Culture, guys, a good team culture is a culture where all the players um, have good chemistry. Uh, everybody, you know, gets along. Not saying nobody doesn't get in a, in a rust, in a fossil here, you know, two, you know, one or there. Because, uh, I mean, it is, it, we are humans and sometimes things happen when you're playing competitively, emotions run high. But at the end of the day, like, Everybody has a genuine respect for one another, okay? Maybe not everybody's the biggest fan of the other person, but they they genuinely have respect for, for the other person, okay? So it's an environment where everybody respects each other. The vibes are good. The chemistry's there. And ultimately, everybody is holding each other accountable, okay? Those are really my, my definitions of a good team culture is holding accountability of one another, the vibes are good. Everybody's, you know, it, it's it's just it's a good atmosphere. Okay? Everybody's respecting one another, and um, they want to be on. They want to play together. It's almost like everybody's kind of pushing each other and getting more excited because of each other and kind of feeding off each other's energy to want to be more active, to want to get better as a team, to want to train, to want to be the best, guys. At the end of the day, that is a good team culture. Now, how do you actually acquire a good team culture and how do you maintain it? That's the hard part, guys. The hard part to that is you have to eliminate 
toxicity from your team, people that are cancers, people that um, love to start drama and issues that are constantly, um, con- you know, confrontative. I don't even know if that's a word or not, but I'm just saying like folks that just love to start shit. Okay. And you can, it's very, very easy to point these people out, especially after you've spent a solid couple weeks or a month with them and you've really spent time with them and you see how they interact with the team and stuff. I mean, these are people that are, you know, they're always, you know, they're always shitting on your, on, on their, on their teammates. You know, they're always just basically dragging folks down, telling them how bad they are, like really just bringing a bunch of negative mojo into your atmosphere, into your little hemisphere, your ecosystem, okay? A bunch of negative BS, like not constructive mojo and vibes, okay? And those people, for one, guys, you have to identify them as quickly as possible, and you got to remove them as quickly as possible. The reason that this still is an issue today and why the majority of teams fail because of this very simple step and failing to, to do what I'm telling you here is because usually the players that are the most toxic when I in terms of like just negative Nellies uh, that really, you know, bring down a team. Um, the reason that teams fail to remove them is because usually these are the best players on the team. These are usually some of the most skilled, talented, elite players. And that's the one thing that blinds so many team leaders and and owners is because, you know, they're so, so focused on having the skill, the best skill, you know, the most talented team. When in reality, it's, yeah, you have, if, if you put the most talented players together in the short term and assuming that they're you know, they have toxic dudes in there. Yeah. In the short term, yeah, you guys are going to be a very, very hard team to beat. You may be one of the best teams in whatever league or tournament that you're playing. However, you're, you're killing yourself in the long run. You are literally going to lose in the macro because at some point those egos and all of that negative negativeness is going to eventually implode, especially when a team starts losing. That's it's usually one of the bad things when you start putting a bunch of guys that get you know real negative when it comes to losing and stuff. And, you know, even if they're the best team, like every team is going to lose pretty bad at some point. Okay. No team is perfect. No team is ever going to, you know, win all the time. And then that's just it. Like there's going to be a point in time where teams start to lose. And when that happens, you know, that's when you need the vibes. That's when you need the good team culture because that, those are stressful things for competitive players. Okay, we all hate losing. Competitive players, in, in your nature, you hate to lose. You are competitive. You want to win. Okay, and if you don't have folks that um, can be constructive, that um, you know, that have good vibes with one another what's going to happen is those negative vibes and those players that bring in that toxicity are going to implode it. And then it's just going to literally set off a nuclear bomb within your team. And that's usually the part where most teams start to disband. Um, and that's, the, that's, the, that's, un, that's, is the unfortunate fate for, like I said, 95 to 98% of all competitive teams that start. I guarantee most of them do not last between six and 12 months. Okay. And even the ones that are lucky enough to get past them, I would say, I don't know, even fewer than than 75% of those will actually make it past two to three years. But um, but that's super important, guys. You've got to maintain a good team culture. And then the third and final thing, the third and final thing is you got to keep your team active, okay? 
you know, you got to keep your guys like, like you can't just start a competitive team on, you know, you know, you're, you're online and like, you know, you guys aren't really doing much. Everybody's kind of in limbo and, you know, maybe, you know, you guys get on together and play some from time to time. And then occasionally, you know, you find a tournament, a match or a scrim. And, you know, there's a multitude of reasons why not being very active as a team is going to detriment, you know, your team from a performance perspective, from an overall team chemistry perspective, because they're not spending time together. There's no accountability amongst each other. Uh, nobody's really taking initiative, uh, usually to get, you know, get the ball rolling because, you know, you guys aren't really practicing together. You're not scrimming. You're not spending that quality time together. Um, and, and that's really, really important, not just for the players and the teammates, but for the owners and the leaders as well. You know, you guys, you know, you need to be spending time with your team. You need to be building relationships because that's at the end of the day, you know, yeah, you're, you know, you're going to improve if the more you practice, the more you scrimmage other teams and things of that sort. But the most important thing you're going to get out of keeping your team active is the relationship building because the relationship is what's going to sustain you for long term growth and long-term uh, sustainability, guys. It's all about the relationship. The more time you spend with another human being, rather it's in person or if it's online, the stronger that bond's going to become, the stronger that relationship, that rapport will be with that individual or those collective group of individuals, guys. And, you know, that's what you're going to need when the times get tough, Okay. Um, or, you know, when the team's trying to deal with certain problems and issues and conflicts that will arise, because I can guarantee you're going to have plenty of, of situations and problems you're going to have to put fires out on. Okay? Even, even with teams with good team culture, there's still going to be problems that you got to deal with. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the relationships um, that you have and that each of these players have with one another to be able to overcome um, those issues, guys. And on top of that, obviously, you guys want to be very competitive. You want to be the best. You guys need to spend time training and practicing because you're not. You're obviously not going to do it uh, if, if you're not actually out there working and putting in the work as a team. So, those are my three things, guys. Very simple to build and maintain a successful competitive team. Online gaming, esports, however you want to look at it. Um, this is TU5 Pharaoh. Hope this helps you guys. Let me know what you think. Um, Guys, I'm actually uh, I'm actually going to be introducing. Uh, so Anchor has this cool feature where you guys can send in quick voice messages uh, that I can actually feature on some of the episodes in a more of a Q and A manner. I'm planning to do an episode pretty soon uh, where I talk about um, or when I answer some questions from guys. I'm going to start promoting this this link. All you got to do is click the link. Go in there, record whatever you want to ask me, and we're gonna do like a basically a Q and A episode where I take everybody's questions, and then I'm gonna put in an episode, and then I'm gonna answer each of them uh, in a Q and A format. And this get you know we're gonna do this for for esports gaming, we can do it for real estate, we can do it for business, we can do it uh, for a lot of different stuff. So uh, nonetheless, guys, I uh, hope you have a great day. We'll catch you later. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to share this with a friend. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed, I'd really appreciate it if you do so. I'll catch you on the next one.